looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Past the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Everyone, this is past the post for Sunday, December 11, and as the tagline says, Archer Park Racing taking ownership to the next level. They certainly <laughs> achieved that in no uncertain matter yesterday. Nathan Exelman. Yes, yes, and in surprising fashion, I, I went and redid the, the race afterwards, and it was a, certainly a nice improvement, wasn't it? She had no luck. I'm not, 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 not trying to make a case. She had no luck at Doombin, but uh, it was hard to have it on the win line, put it mm. that way. Although I do know one good judge. He, I think he listens in Vince Aspinall. Mm. He had it in his uh, top selections. Well, so that's no surprise. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's scooped the pool there. But, yes, a TikTok queen winning the Star Gateway yesterday. One of the highlights of the day. Maybe not for putters, but it was a, a desperate finish. But a lot of other good racing. We, we further advanced down the Magic Minions path with the Feel and Ready and the Callaway Gal. We had the... Listed just now for the Phillies and Mares and the Bribie for the Sprinters. So, five great races yesterday. We're going to discuss them in detail. A lot of people to speak to this morning. We'll look back at uh, Royal Randwick yesterday where we had the running of the Ingham. Of course, it was the big uh, gold rush race in Perth. And Michael Maxworthy joins us later in the program, towards the end of the program, to have a look at the big Hong Kong international meeting today. So, we've got a lot to cover over the next hour or so. So let's make a start and we will go to the Star Gateway. This feature race, quarter of a million dollars for four-year-olds. The winner goes into the Stradbroke. Down below the 600 metres, Extremist. Little Extremist, can she lead all of the way? And Tino is breathing down her neck. Zuma, California, third of the turn. Bulu in fourth at Ashgrove. Canadian Dancer to the outside. Mimi Lagarde has about four or five lengths to make up in the straight proper. And Tino given full ball, given as cue by Orman. Raced by Extremist, Zuma, California, Bulu. Then came at the head of the others, Canadian Dancer. Mimi Lagarde's not doing enough. It's Antino flat out, but in the lead. Trying hard was Canadian Dancer. Then TikTok. Queen and RNT and Tino in front. TikTok Queen's going to get there late and RNT on the outside. Photo finish. Oh my goodness. TikTok Queen at any old odds is in a photo with RNT and, and Tino. Could it be the upset of the century? We'll wait for the judge. Canadian dancer next. Then came at the head of the others. Extremist, the Lassifile, Ashgrove, release the beans, Lock Eagle, Baloo. Mimi Lagarde pulling up quickly and vaccine towards the tail. Photo finish. Yes, it went the way of TikTok Queen. Kyle Wilson-Taylor riding for Tony Gollan, the middle pin of Tony Gollan's training treble. As you know, Archer Park Racing present to pass the post each week. They're great supporters of this station, but they're great supporters of racing. So I thought it more than appropriate that their managing director, Archer Park Racing's managing director, Chris Wessel, join us this morning. Chris, good morning and congratulations. Thank you, David. Yeah, good morning to you and uh, good morning, Nathan. What about what about going into the race yesterday? Now she was a long shot. She she went off at, at big odds. Did you give yourself any chance at all? Well, you get you you go into those races with obviously low expectations when you look at the market and it's telling you that you're you're the rookie of the field. But uh, when you you got a horse that's trained by the top trainer and uh, a great jockey and Kyle Wilson Taylor on board. The barrier was terrible, so you're going in hopeful. And but there was a gem of a ride by Kyle, and a brilliant ride, and, and uh, things worked out our way. And it's it's hard winning a race, especially the big one. But we'll t- we'll take it a narrow victory with a great great win by a 
Chris, you came into this summer carnival with plenty of ammunition, obviously golden boom, spiritualised. Was was this girl uh, one that you might have had pegged as, as a feature race winner or you were just hoping to win a race or two with her this time around? Uh, which, since she's been up here in uh, Brisbane with Tony, she's, that yesterday was only her fifth start and she'd won two before before yesterday and probably had legitimate excuses. <laughs> Could quite easily have uh, won all four of them. Uh, but was probably not not this year. You'll be thinking she's going to be a carnival horse, but uh, she proved us wrong yesterday. And it, it's great the opening to our ad. So we're going to be active in this year's summer carnival, and it's great we're living up to it. Going close last week with Count the Beans and Spiritualised, and backing up this week with TikTok Queen winning. So really good for Archer Park Racing, and looking forward to the rest of the, the summer carnival. It was a, a hectic finish. It was a desperate finish um, with about 100 metres to go. TikTok, Quinn and RNT were basically making their runs together. You would have been, well, obviously you were watching the race. What were you thinking in the straight? Were you thinking we might run a place here? That's exactly what I was thinking. I thought as she, <laughs> as she was starting to squeeze and push her way through, which the, her pattern in those first few starts, she, she, she's a big man. I was thinking, oh, hang on. She might be going the wrong way there trying to get in the sneak the runs in between but she she forced her way through yesterday uh, which is great to see and we were at the 100 I didn't think we were going to catch Antino I thought no he's, he's got to be home and host but uh, then she kept coming and coming I thought hang on we might sneak into a place and then she sprouted wings with R&T there at the finish and we we're lucky to get the bob on the line. Chris these colours have been around for a good while now but it seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but they seem a lot more prominent now in some of our, our feature races. Has the, the buying methods changed or was there a change in methodology somewhere along the line? Uh, when we first kicked off, Nathan, we probably had a, a, a quite a few horses in the stable that were starting to get to the ends of their career. So we did have to have a, a basically a clean out mm-hmm. and went to the sales and were really active at buying uh, plenty of yearlings and didn't have a great run with early two-year-olds last year so the colours weren't there but now with the stables when that's with all trainers with Tony and Stewie Kendrick he had a winner for us yesterday with Avalante down the Gold Coast and with uh, Toby and Trent and uh, and all our trainers the, the horses are now starting to come to the fore in their three-year-old years so, and we're, we're reaping the reaping the rewards of, uh, of the hard work we put in a couple of years ago. Well that was uh, an unexpected victory yesterday was a pleasant surprise you're going into next Saturday I suppose in a different frame of mind because uh, Golden Boom and correct me if I'm wrong Spiritualized will both run in the gold edition and this Golden Boom he's got a lot of people talking Chris he has he's a very exciting horse Uh, he won a couple of barrier trials comfortably but you never know until you see him on race day and then come out there at the Sunshine Coast in that mode and blew them away and then backed it up again winning on the Saturday up there at the Sunshine Coast uh, another level again. He's got to step to next over. He's going into the three-year-old listed stakes grade. And spiritualised, well, he was really good there last Saturday, and he, his, his, we all know how good he is. So it's going to be a terrific race. And throwing there's a couple of other horses as well that's going to be in the mix. It's certainly not going to be an, uh, an easy race. Uh, but Golden Boom is really exciting as is spiritualised. So it's just great to have two runners going into a into a big race next Saturday. Tony Golland had previously said it'd be nice if you could keep these horses apart, but just the way the program is, that's not possible. But in terms of the horses' individual owners, they're made up of different ownership groups? Uh, it is, yeah. There's a few of us guys who are in Spiritualised who are also in uh, Golden Boom, so it's good to have a foot in both camps. 
so we cheer for both next week. But um, this time of the year, when you're going into these big races, it's, it's always something unavoidable. You, you're going to have a clash of uh, a stable mates. It happened last week, the spiritualised and counted beans. So, as I said, it's just great, great to have not one but two runners in the, in the big races. And that's what, that's what we always aim towards. And uh, it's great, great to come off. A lot of uh, owners in the Archer Park uh, racing horses, and we, we see the colours, lots of different owners. So you're obviously happy yourself at Mark McLean that what you set out to do was to get people in, into, into the ownership side of things. You've got a really wide range of owners now. We have, Dave, and our success comes from the great owner support we get. And without that, that owner support, well, you don't go to the sales and buy the horses. And it's, it's a great cross-section group of owners, but... Everybody gets on. As we, we say, we try to take race off ownership to the next level. And by that, you want your owners there and having a great time on race day. Um, that's all. And, and also off the track with multiple functions, and we do for our owners. But we love to see them mingling in and having fun. And everybody knows, sees, they know familiar faces when you go to the races, when, you, mm. when everybody gets together as a group, which is, which is fantastic. And everybody's, everybody's having a good time. Thanks for your time this morning. Thanks for your support of this program and uh, hoping that Summer Carnival keeps going the way it is because you're, you're going gangbusters at the moment. Good on you, mate. Thank you for this morning. No worries. Thank you, David. Thanks, Nathan. Chris Whistle, Jordius. We'll talk more about the race shortly, but Kyle Wilson-Taylor's on the line now. This was one hell of a ride, and he's with us now. Kyle, good morning. Good morning. Well, I bet you've watched the replay a few times. It was a great ride, mate, and uh, it turned it around for you. Uh, uh, what an exciting day for you yesterday. Yeah, thank you. Um, it was sort of, everything just worked out perfect for us. And um, yeah, it was a huge thrill to get the win. You drew out, so she was always going to be back, but you were able to land in front of a couple and, and then you were able to take the shortcuts as well. Sort of, And that those gaps sort of just kept opening at the right time for you? Yeah, that's right. Um, Tony just said, obviously, we drew a bit sticky and um, just to sort of come out neutral. Um, ideally, we'd be midfield with a bit of cover and, um, sort of after a couple of strides, I sort of knew that that wasn't really going to eventuate. So I just elected to go back to last as quick as I could and, and suck up the fence. And, um, you know, they went along at a nice enough clip for us to get into a, you know, nice, comfortable rhythm. And, and like you said, the, the gap started to open at the right time. And, um, you know, we were, we were the ones getting there late. You've had a pretty ordinary run lately. It's, it's fair to say. And of course, it happens to every jockey at some time of their career, but I suppose it's the point of view, you're saying to yourself, when's it going to win? When will it turn around? So yesterday would have been a great confidence booster for you as well. Yeah, it was. Like you said, things probably haven't been going my way lately. Um, and that's probably partially because I had a suspension um, and then I, I rode in Sydney twice. So I didn't get seen riding in Brisbane for nearly a month. And, um, you know, they forget about you quickly. And my claim is, is is running out and there's some really good apprentices coming through like Angela and, and they've got a bit more claim. So that always makes it a little bit difficult. And, um, you know, like you said, I, I knew I was riding them well, but I hadn't sort of hit a lull like that bef- this far in my career. And, um, you know, for someone like myself, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I really want to do the best I can. And, um, you know, when the results aren't there and you feel like you're doing you know, you're riding majority of them well. Um, it's sort of hard to deal with, and especially when you put your whole life into it too. It's not. It's a lifestyle. It's not. It's not just a job. You can't just go home and switch off. Well, I can't anyway. So um, that's why I was a bit emotional that and whatnot yesterday because it was obviously my biggest crew winner so far, and um, 
and just to prove a few doubters wrong was uh, was great. It's a life's, life's an amazing thing, but racing's an amazing thing too. Who would have thought your biggest win would be on the outside of the field? But but you did it. But just going back to what you were saying before, it's a vicious cycle, isn't it? Because uh, you're not getting enough rides, not being seen a lot, and then the horses you ride lose or, or can't win. You think to yourself, will it, will it ever end? Yeah, that's right. And um, you know, I'm lucky. I've got Ange, and I've got a, a lot of good people like Corner that. We're trying to tell me that it will end. Um, it's sort of hard to see that, though. Um, but it, when you're riding for great trainers like Tony Golan, um, you know, these horses, she was 70 to 1 yesterday, but um, you knew that she was there in tip-top condition and um, if she was good enough and got the right run, she'd be hard to beat. Um, and and that's the feeling you get when you ride for the great trainers. So um, I can't thank Tony and, and Archer Park also because they've been good supporters of mine since... I suppose come to Queensland. I felt it was a really great insight yesterday, Kyle, in terms of the the pressures that you know, young people like yourself are under in in this industry. There's so much expected of you. You're a pretty cool customer most of the time, but you could just see the way that moment grabbed you yesterday, and it must have felt like the weight of the world just lifting off your shoulders to to get that monkey off the back in in in, in, a, in a race of this stature. Yeah, that's right, Nate. I, um, I I didn't even know. I didn't want to cry, obviously, but. <laughs> Um, but I still think back and go, geez, why are you crying? But it just the, the game means so much to me. Um, you know, it's all I've ever wanted to be as a jockey, and and to be a good one at that. And I felt that I felt that I gave it a really good ride, and um, and that's what won the race. Obviously, she's a she's a good horse, and she would have won with anyone on her. But um, like you said, and to win for Brisbane's best trainer and and someone who's had faith in me from. From the word go, it's um, you know it's great to and to prove them right too. So. Well, well, that, that confidence is still there though because you, you gave a salute after the line. It was it was a pretty tight finish, but um, you were confident enough to know that you, you were going to get the judges' verdict, which was terrific. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was pretty confident. And I thought <laughs> it is close. I, I was thinking I know it's close. I've bloody I've better of one, and then <laughs> I came in and Maloney said, "Geez, you're confident." Like, but no, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm lucky it fell my way. And isn't it amazing if it hadn't gone that way? If it had gone the other way, what what so much what a different day it would have been? It's life's life's I, amazing. I probably would have been crying for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us this morning. Onwards and upwards. The monkey's off the back. It was a great ride, and uh, hope there's many more winners, not just during the summer, but in the time to come. Good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. There is Kyle Wilson Taylor joining us this morning. A good story out of that race. Yeah, it is. It is. He's a, he's a real talent, and it's just. And I guess, you know, when it's like in anything, you're out of form tipping. You know, you start second-guessing yourself and um, you wonder when it's all going to come to an end. So I am, I'm pleased. I'm still wondering. <laughs> I'm very pleased for him to do that. And as you pointed out, it was, it was a really good ride. Um, but what about the, ra- the race itself? What do we make of it? Because it you, was a fairly busy finish. Mm. Um, look, I couldn't, have, I couldn't have conceded the winner had a, had a winning chance. So to my way of thinking, she's well exceeded expectations. RNT was good because they did sort of make their runs together and he's, he's missed out by a He highlight. was just in a bit of traffic, um, mm. R&T, when he possibly could have been building more momentum. He got out and in the end she went to the line better than him, but that didn't help him. Yeah, in terms of the race, um, we've seen two Group 1 winners from this race. Um, the In the in-between is Master Jamie, which the form didn't work out as well. So whether we get a Group 1 winner here, I'm not sure. They'd obviously need to improve significantly. The one I'd take is Antino. Ooh. 
the start was costly, was dwelled at the start, and they just mean had to do more work to get across. And he did, you know, at Doomben, he puts the race away the way he raced, but here at Eagle Farm, there's no no place to hide, and he just got found out that last little bit. I, I think that um, you know, Barry has beaten him there yesterday, and it's his first defeat, but he's probably enhanced his reputation in defeat. He was in third. Lock Eagle was a closing fourth. In fairness, uh, it was a race where you should have been able to run on if you were good enough because the tempo was quite solid as, as the times reflect. Mimi Lagarde was exposed three wide. Um, I wonder if they'd like, their, they'd, they'd like their time over there, I would think, given that two of the first four settled second, last and last yeah. in the run, and they they tried to, so they rolled the dice to get in, and uh, she didn't. And you could not sit wide there at Eagle Farm yesterday. Previous, you know, this Eagle Farm track, we've seen... At, at, at times where it's more the horse that will handle the ground. Yesterday, if you were exposed, you, you got found out. Mm, like the old days. Well, that was the the gateway, the star gateway. Let's go to some of the black type races yesterday. We'll concentrate on the two-year-olds now, and we'll go to the Eureka Stud Field Ready. And Godfather, $1.1 million youngster, was sent out a heavily backed odds-on favourite. Let's see how he fared. The favourite in front, the favourite in control, the favourite is Godfather. Comes up to the turn at the 500, leading Talk IT by an ex-Safrado. Coming to the outside to try and put in a claim. Risky Investment was next, then Works Capital Chase and Canaan. Well on the straight below the 300 metres, Godfather. Maloney happy to ride hands and heels. He begins to sprint hard, he begins to sprint fast. He leads from Risky Investment, Capital Chase, Safrado's still there. 100 left to run though. Godfather a clear leader. It's a good debut. He's making a statement for the men. And Godfather eased down one from either Safrado Capital Chase or Risky Investment. Works behind them, then Talk IT and Kinnaird last over the line. A painless watch if you took the short odds about the favourite, and many punters did. Uh, I think opened about 165 in the morning, ran about what, 145? Yeah, I think at the start of the week you could have got $2 if you got the, the running shoes on at the beginning of the week. Uh, I spoke to Ryan Maloney post-race for his impression, and he said, yeah, he was good. He feels like he'll be a better horse if he got something to chase, so it'd be interesting to see if our next guest concurs with that. Well, let's explore the Godfather story more. Peter Stoden's been kind enough to join us this morning. Peter, how are you? Morning, David. Nathan, how are you? Yeah, really well, well um, your, your impressions of yesterday, first up. Yeah, I was really happy with him. I'm very happy. He's a really nice horse. Got a fantastic temperament. It's going to take him a long way. But he's just he's only probably 80% there yesterday. Um, he only had one soft trial going into it. I was a bit dubious about going up, not having quite ready. Um, but just looking at the field, I just thought he'd mold, just back his ability to get him home. And, uh, he, and he did that. But he, there's definitely improvement in him. He'll... Uh, also have another run before the, the Magic Millions. That'll be that'll just top him off nicely. Peter, we saw this horse trial early in the season and his trial form stacked up in the in the breeders' plate, but you you didn't go to the races that time. Any reason for that? The reason he just he had a bit of an issue in the gates. He just uh, he 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 reared and the starter said he's got a he, he's always been very very quiet uh, when he when he loaded. There was one playing up. He read once and the starter said he had to go back to Barry trials again. And I was. Just a bit frustrated that happened because I know what he's like, and I didn't want to keep going back to the barriers with an issue and with a small. It's a nothing thing, and you know, mm. getting a big thing out of it. So oh, look, I just said no. The owners were very good about it. They said no, let's let's just put him out, um, reset the dial, and bring him back in and prepare him just for the magic millions as, as his main main goal. And we did that, and we brought him back in, and uh, he trolled today. He would have stood there for an hour at Canterbury the day, so was, I knew that wasn't going to be a problem. He's good again yesterday, so it's not an issue. But um, 
but I only had the one trial going into it and a soft trial of that. So, and I wasn't dead as going to go to Brisbane, but uh, when he worked so well on Tuesday morning, I thought he's improved a good bit since the trial. And uh, yeah, as I said, back his ability to run well on Saturday. The big assignment is five weeks away. You mentioned just before you'll give him one more run. Where will that be? Have you determined that yet? Yeah, uh, probably in Sydney. Um, okay. But I'll also leave an open mind. He might even come back and run on the 24th as well. But if I do, I'll, I'll leave him up there this time if we do go back. But uh, one more run will do him good. We'll just get his condition better, a bit more education, uh, something to chase and help him a bit more. He's he's really good. He sits back off horse. He's got a great turn of foot. And so yesterday he left in front of fair way out. He's had a, a good look around. But uh, also fitness-wise, he'll improve a lot with another run under his belt. A few years back, we saw those same colours come here to Brisbane with, with King's Legacy. I think one that McLaughlin on, on the way to the Magic Millions went on to be a dual Group 1 winner. Um, likewise, an expensive yearling as well. Can you compare the two? A different sort of horses. Um, this fellow is, I think, a real sprinter. King's Legacy is probably a seven furlong horse, maybe a mile. Um, but but uh, attitudes, everything. This, this fellow's got it in spades. So um, whatever ability he has, we'll certainly get the best out of him. Empire of Japan, of course, is also in the stable, a $5 favourite. Had a trial at Canterbury recently. When do we see him back in, in racing action? Yeah, he'll trial again on Tuesday at Randwick, and then he'll have his first run. Uh, here on the 24th, uh, 1,100 metres at Randwick, and that's, uh, he'll only have one run going into the match The The two-year-olds are shaping up again well for you this season. We saw King's Gambit win in Melbourne, may well have been the most impressive two-year-old winner we've seen all season. The two-year-olds this year stack up pretty well with previous seasons for the stable, Peter? Yeah, it's early days yet, but really happy with them. Uh, the ones that race have raced very well, and um, quality horses, and all seem to have a, have a good future. Still very early yet. Yeah? There's a few more to come through. But uh, what we've raced now, we've been very happy with the results we've got. Good on you, Pete. Thanks for your time. Always appreciate it. No problems, David. Thank you. Peter Stone joining us this morning, of course, in training partnership with his son, Paul. So, yes, a professional performance. The time was 58.05. We'll we'll talk about that in a moment because we'll continue our our look at the the two-year-old yesterday because we'll go to the Phillies division now, the Callaway Gal. And this race looked to have more depth to it, but in the end, Empress of Wonder was the well-backed favourite. And Marla Boom kicks strongly. XL Dora immediately under pressure. Empress of Wonder still five off them. Marla Boom still bumping below the 200. XL Dora can't reach it. Empress of Wonder running on well now. 100 left to run. Marla Boom in front. Empress of Wonder is going to drive late. Marla Boom stopping. Here's the post. Marla Boom beat Empress of Wonder, who zoomed home. Third XL Dora. Then within reason, a eye catcher, followed by trifling, big spice, Freeman, Bertinelli, keyboard, and must be the money. Marla Boom was getting a little weary at the end, but uh, it was a display of sustained speed. And speaking of the times, as we said, Godfather running 58.05, she went slightly quicker, 57.83. She did. Uh, what a perfect example of how important barriers are in these two-year-old races, particularly from that Eagle Farm 1,000-metre start. She was able to just lob in the right spot, and uh, the two minor place-getters, uh, XL Dior, had to do work, and Empress of Wonder was a train wreck. Yeah, it certainly was. Let's go to Ben Thompson now. Now, this was the start of a, a very big day for Ben, and he's on the line. Ben, good morning. Good morning, David. Well, it was the start of a big day. We'll take them one by one. Let's talk about Marla Boom first. Uh, a very professional filly, a good getaway, a fast getaway and uh, good speed. Yeah, absolutely, David. She um, obviously rated by a nice draw. 
and Matt Dale gave gave her a lot of praise before obviously before before the race. Um, and I think it was probably you had to respect the mare enough just being familiar with Matt Dale and he's a very astute trainer and he wouldn't travel a horse up here for the sake of it. Uh, she trialled super at Warwick Farm before her, her first start at Ballarat, which she drew 13 of 13 that day. And if you go back and watch the replay, the conditions looked looked horrible. It was, it was windy, rain, and obviously going the opposite direction to what she's used to being trained in New South Wales. So uh, we were just treating yesterday like her first start. And um, as you said before, uh, I was introduced to the, the rail. It, it can um, count for so much on, on these juveniles, and it was a real aid for her yesterday. She was rock solid in the market on debut in a $250,000 race that you referred to. Um, so obviously we knew she was better than what that six-length margin was showing us there on, the, on those deteriorating conditions. So the stable give you an air of confidence riding her yesterday, given that the two Nisham runners you know, looked, looked apart at the trials and on race day, but drew out. Yeah, he did. Um, that did for sure. He he sort of just he went back to that, that, that Warwick Farm trial, and he said she's always been. And even that day, if you go back and watch that trial, um, not only did she go the quickest time of the morning of I think uh, three or four two-year-old heats, but just the way she done it, she she looked very comfortable out in front. She didn't get away that fast, but she found the front, and once she got there, she looked like a like a mature age horse. As soon as she straightened up, she changed stride, and um, we thought if we can put a line through last star, which she had. Uh, there was plenty of reasons why we could. Um, you'd go to that race, obviously not, obviously just just confident that she'd run a good race. We gave Annabelle Neesham's horse horses a stack of respect. Obviously, impressive wonder already had the score on the board and excelled your her, her trial at Bow Desert was couldn't have been more impressive. So she had a work cut out for her, but to her credit, she um, she's just another really precocious. Uh, Philly by, by Spirit of Boom and she's got a really bright future and obviously she not only beat two impressive horses and, and was a good gap from third back to the rest of the field, she's ran time and um, probably there was reasons to suggest she would have ran quicker if she was on the straight and narrow. She uh, really sided the winning post late but um, just added more merit to the win. She was an $80,000 purchase. Uh, I was reading on, on the Magic Millions Twitter site, uh, it was Corinda Bloodstock who of course uh, shared the ownership that it says here, uh, what an athlete, just an 80k purchase. She will now head for a break in the paddock. So is she not going to the race? No, she's not. She's um, obviously, or Matt, talking to Matt last night, and I think it was the plan the whole way along just to get through through yesterday and, and win, lose, or draw, he was going to reassess, and he, he made a pretty quick decision to, to pull up stumps and, and give her a rest. Obviously, it's... He did say, Matt Dale, it's very enticing, obviously, to, to pursue Magic Millions, but she's done a good job. She's she's got she's got her black type, and he was he's Matt's very confident that that with a with a rest now, she's going to mature more physically and and um, just worry about the future with her. So he, um, as I say, he's, he's he continues to produce nice horses, Matt Dale, and uh, this is another one I'm sure for him. We'll get to the other winners shortly, Ben, but I just want to talk about your season at the moment, looking at this premiership table, and so much is made of, of, of Jimmy Orman at the moment and how well he's going, and, and that's that's true. But your figures this season uh, aren't far off what, what he's doing. You must be pretty happy with the way things are rolling along. Yeah, no, very happy. It um, started off very well. Uh, I said it, it only comes with sort of getting great great support and from a wide variety of trainers. So obviously a big thanks to those trainers and the connections and uh, have a great manager in, in Glenn Courtney, who is actually the manager of Jimmy Orman and Ryan Maloney as well. So he's, he um, continues to 
continues to get it right. And um, obviously, a day like yesterday, when you when you're on nice horses, they make you look good. There was no doubt yesterday the Betty Gets set who won the list just now. She delivered a career best performance. Now, I was doing a deep dive into her form this morning. You used to be her regular rider about eighteen months two years ago. By gee, she's a lot stronger and a lot better than when you were riding her then. I'm sure. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. She's. I wouldn't say it's not a surprise. I think if we, if we go back to her to her first prep, she broke her maiden at the Sunshine Coast. Justin Huxtable's aboard that day, and I was in third in the race on a stable mate um, who at the time was called Dominant Dominant King, and um, oh, I think his name's the Golden Century now. He races in Hong Kong and has really acquitted himself well. He went on to win his next two, one at Ipswich, and then was super impressive winning it. Uh, Dooman before going overseas and she happened to beat him, you know, um, early days. So to do that, that was sorry, that was it. That was at her maiden start. I think it was maybe start three or four. So she's always had the talent. Um, she was, she got to a handy level as a as a three year old. She was she in fourth in a cutest jewel behind Simply Fly, and um, she probably oh, she was out of the winner's stall for quite a while. But you could say this time in, she's just obviously after winning. Um, third up at Eagle Farm, she's just now rich, uh, hit, hit a rich vein of form, and she just kept going from strength to strength. So I'd say it, it was I think, a really well deserved black type. And even last though, like she beat before yesterday, she beat Anathol, who was beaten just over four and a half lengths in a short to Nature Strip. So she's she's ran around like these good horses, and it's um obviously it's it, it's just great to see her really hit a hit a um sort of peak, you could say. And uh, but I'm obviously. Speaking for Stephen O'Day and Matt Hoist, that I'm sure they're always confident that she would. Yeah, like I used to consider her, like from a form point of view, being an honest filly or an honest mare on speed, maybe a risk beyond 1200. Yesterday, she settled back midfield and strong to the line at 1300 at listed level, running within a half second of the, the track record. So, if that's not a development, I don't know what is. Yeah, versatility's yeah, like, been the key to it too, hasn't it? Been like last time at the coast, she drew out, but there wasn't a lot of speed, so you were able to ride her up outside the lead. Yesterday, it looked a bit sticky on paper from the draw, and you're just able to ride it that touch quiet. And she sat off them and finished off, so it's a good trait to have. Yes, yeah, spot on, Nate. She's um, she's a beauty. She's she ha- is once in the past. She she can get a bit aggressive, and she was she was that in her first two runs this time in. Um, and it's pretty much just you have to ride better, get set to where better get set wants to be. But probably she's got deep into her, into her prep, and uh, it's a it's a bit of a cliche, but she is a mare in form, and it just they become easier to ride, and especially when they're going as good as she is. But it's it's obviously her last three runs or her first four runs this prep have been over twelve hundred, and um, she runs it out strong. But sort of back to her, her three year old days, she was. I rode her one day at Doombin and we were beaten about two lengths to Tumbler Ridge over a mile and, and Linthorpe Lad ran second that day. So she's she's just super honest. I think, you know, between the 12 and 14s where she's probably her most dominant. But, um, hey, she's a, she's been a great horse and albeit this has been her best prep, she's she's earning a lot of prize money and another nice horse that proven thoroughbreds have, have found and um, Stephen and Matt have made. Sneaky five wins the the bribey. Um, a lot closer than most expected, and uh, it got a bit hairy at the end as well. Yeah, thankfully we didn't want it any longer. But um, yeah, she's she's only had the two starts up here, but she really, really um, would have turned or did turn heads at her first start. 
at the Sunny Coast. First start up here for Tony Gollan at the Sunny Coast. She was finished second to La Palmiere that day. She come from second last and um, from a wide draw, you, you could you could argue if she had was able to settle a bit closer from a better draw, she may have been the winner that day. She she did. She flew out and obviously uh, La Palmiere showed his tactical speed and um, opened the field up. And I thought I've, I've got to I think make the most of this. Uh, good getaway now and just come across I thought if I, if I stayed here too long I I didn't think Jasui Bell and um, shooting for gold would want to be any further back than they had to I thought if I can get in front of those two and find the fence La Palmier usually opens the field up and I'm just going to have a have a really nice run through here so we're able to do that she obviously she she smashed the clock breaking breaking uh, 57 and I think she ran home in 33.2 or 33.3 so she's Absolutely airborne, but she's only had, I think that was start nine. Um, it's her second stakes win, and when she was trained by Kieran Murray and Dave Eustace, they ran her in a Manicato, I think, at start five. So for them to do that, it's, they, they don't just throw, throw three-year-olds in tough races for the sake of it. She's um, obviously one that Rosemont and, and Kieran Murray and David Eustace marked as a, as a quality filly, and I'm sure she's going to keep reaching a, a decent level up here. That was yesterday. Uh, how's uh, Glenn Courtney balancing the books for next week and, and the next few weeks ahead? Because a lot of feature racing to come. Yeah, no. Hopefully, he's, um, hopefully it's as solid as it was <laughs> yesterday. It'd, it'd make life easy and um, easy to head to the races with a lot of confidence if they were like yesterday's book. But uh, no, I've got a few few nice ones to look forward to. Um, uh, Yellow Brick. He, I've, oh, yeah. uh, this stage, I ride him in the King of the Mountain, and he's Magic Moon in the Guineas Bound. Um, and uh, some some rides coming up for Tony Golan and Stephen O'Day to to look forward to. So just receiving a, a, a wide range of support from obviously those two stables, Robert Heathcote and uh, the Sears camp. It's um, Jack Bruce. I'm very very fortunate, and um, yeah, fingers crossed things things keep rolling along as they are. And just one more thing before you go, you rode Canadian Dancer in the <laughs> Gateway when they went across the line. Did you find it? TikTok, TikTok Queens won the, the gateway. I used to ride oh, it. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say couldn't believe it because she's, she's, um, hey, it's only, obviously, only very early days with her. And, uh, in her second prep, she's, she's, yeah, she's, she's won a gateway and, um, has a ticket into the, into a Stradbroke. But, gosh, she's a really nice filly. Obviously, she was, she was, um, probably a victim of the rail out at Doombin last time. And, uh, obviously, all the credit to to the Golan team and and Kyle for his riding there. He was able to take the shortcuts and yeah, uh, credit to her head down at the right time. But um, one there, I was I straightened up and I uh, thought it's going to be. I'll just have to catch Antino now. But um, she ran really honest Canadian dancer second up. I'm sure she'll be. I'd like to think she'll be better again. And she's run fifth, been beaten only a length. But um, not all the credit to TikTok Queen yesterday. And as I said to you once before, if you want to start a radio career, give me a call. You're a certainty <laughs> in here. Right? You've, got, you've got a knowledge plus. Thanks for the, your time this morning. No, thank you, David. Thanks, Nathan. There Cheers, is mate. Ben Thompson. Joining. I'd say probably one of his best days, if not his best days. Yeah, three stake successes. And, you know, I'll make that point again about the, the premiership. Ormond's 38 wins, Ben Thompson 34. It's, uh, you know, he's always had a big day yesterday, Ben Thompson, but... Um, it's not as just a foregone conclusion as, as you know maybe the perception might have been. Yeah, Maloney's had a good weekend as well. Let's just listen to a couple more replays. I want to have a chat with Tony Gollan, only a brief chat because time's on the wing, but let's have a listen to Ben's other two stakes winners. His better get set, putting the list of just now. 
10 lengths span them around the turn and Centerfire went for home. Juan Diva gets out as Dragon Miss hung on the bend. California Surreal up to fourth. Ben again said is getting about her work coming to the centre of the track. Juan Diva on the outside went to Centerfire and headed her. Dragon Miss could do no more. Ben again said and California Surreal putting their runs in together. Juan Diva at the 100 in front. Can she last? I don't think so. Ben again said is coming with a booming run and Ben again said swallowed up Juan Diva. Went by her and won the just now. California Surreal third and Grand River from last. Then Wicked and Lavinant followed by Dash for Dream, Salatine, Dragon Miss, Centerfire, Kizakano, and the tail end pair Ragin' and Gunmetal Girl. Career best performance by Ben against it. One Diva just finds that 1300 a bridge too far. Yeah, the 59 as well. Um, just found her out at the end, but um, she had every chance. She got a beautiful run there yesterday. California Surreal, honest in third. I thought Grand Room or Grand Rumor's run was good in fourth from it the wasn't, back. It was an eye catcher, wasn't it? Let's go to the Bribey and shooting for gold. Was the favourite, but they took it on late in the meeting. La Parberry loves to lead, and he's in front around the turn. He's a clear leader of the Bribey. By two, the ubiquitous and sneaky five-third the rail. Jay Sweet Bell still being pushed along. Shooting for gold comes to the outside, four off the lead. Then simply flying, La Parberry the leader. Sneaky five getting about her business, trying to chip into the margin. Rubiquitous hanging on, and shooting for gold with work to do. Jay Sweet Bell can't win. La Parberry in front. Sneaky five trying hard. They're at the 50. La Parberry, sneaky five, raced a bit the lead, and one, shooting for gold, charge late. But I'd say Sneaky Five just been shooting for gold, who really dive late. Rubiquitous not too far away. La Parmier stopped all of a sudden. Genzai the Wolf at Big Odds not far behind the action. Then Alpine Edge followed by Nickanova. Simply Fly, Dr. Zeus and Jay Sweet Bell, well below her best at the tail end. Great day for Tony Gollan, our Premier Trainer. He took the last third of the program. He's on the line now. Tony, good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. Sneaky five. We've just listened to that replay there. Uh, where do we head with her now? Um, more than likely, that that filly's mare's racing to twenty fourth or thirty first. It's a listed listed event out of the twelve hundred, which is probably been a logical target for her. That's the nudgy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a race Salad team won last year into to millions, but she this mare's an English horse, so she can't race. Means day, but this is still a good target for, for this mare stakes race. Speaking to you earlier in the week about her, you sort of just had a little query that maybe she was looking for further than the thousand there yesterday. But it sort of panned out well, didn't it? The the way the uh, thing things happened at the start, there when La Pamier jumped so well, and, and others were sort of slow, slower away. Yeah, she was a, a whole bunch closer than I thought she'd be. I thought mm. she'd be a lot closer than the Sunny Coast. Obviously, there was a wide draw there. We sort of go back, sort of take our medicine, and, and run on and. A few things didn't work out for her there, but I, I never thought it, you know, at any stage that she'd just fly the gates and be, be third defence right behind La Palmier. I thought if he broke quickly, he's quite a fast-running horse, but she put herself in a good position straight away. In doing that, she was always going to be that little bit vulnerable late chasing that speed, but she was nice and tough, and I can't see no reason why her form tells us when she's at 1,200 she's going to be a better horse. Can I confirm that someone had to tell you the TikTok queen won the gateway? <laughs> yeah, Cav, Cav did. <laughs> I thought Antino, I, I was awfully proud of him. He had an awful tough run early. And when you give that kick on top of that speed, I, I know he's a decent horse. I, I thought he might be able to hold on. And next minute they started coming from everywhere and I was just glad it was one of mine. I'll let Nathan take over now because he can talk about his boyfriend, Paladas, in the oh. last race that the final got the job done for him. <laughs> I was actually musing to Tony before the race. I was sort of thinking, how, this, how can they possibly get this into $2.20? And I think you were sort of on the same page as me, weren't you? Yeah, he started, obviously, you know, rock bottom. He, he's just come back a really nice horse, this prep. He's a horse I've always liked. And, you know, tipped him about 100 times last prep on my show. And 
I wasn't allowed to tip him this week, like I said, because every time I tip him, he gets beat. But he's a, he's a beautiful horse. And, you know, I said after the race yesterday, you know, horses like you know, Garibaldi and that, they haven't always been, you know, the punters' pals and the, the bookies' friend most of the time. But as they mature and, and become, you know, I think reliable, consistent horses for punters, I think they'll really start to warm back to them. Because I thought Paladas was great yesterday. The minute he stepped out of the gate, he put himself in a winning position. That's what he's been showing us at the jump outs and trials. And I made sure I had plenty of plenty of work and and jump out and trial experience under his belt before I went there yesterday, and that was the deciding factor really in the end. Yeah, I think Ryan Maloney also said early in the week that he feel like the, the horse had turned a corner this time around. Just on that track yesterday, Tony Eagle Farm, a lot of discussion as always, but you made a point that you'd noticed a difference sort of just in some of the times and some of the other work you do just based on track gallops earlier this week. Yeah, we're able to get out there <clears throat> this week. I mean, we've been watching the track. They've done a, a small reno on it again, you know, post a bit of spring racing, et cetera. And Jim was able to really get into that profile and, and the kayak's really taken off the track now. It, it walks like a, a like a normal grass track, I should say, as opposed to what it was like before. You're right up on top of it now. You can feel yourself getting through it. So when we worked horses on during the week, it was, it was pretty good to get out there. We put about 10 over it Tuesday and then Salatine Gallup Wednesday. And all the stride lengths have exceeded their previous stride lengths on that surface, which, which give me a good heart. Say that horses are really comfortable to let down on it, where I, I felt previously where I've probably been more critical than some trainers of the surface, where I, I felt it was always too firm and horses didn't like to let go of their action properly on it. Where I don't think yesterday, no one that went to the races could blame the track as an excuse for the horse getting beat. 100%. Just one more before you go. You'll be looking forward to next Saturday with, with Golden Boom and Spiritualise in, in the Gold Edition. I don't want to pin you down too much, but I think it's a question worth asking or a point worth bringing up. There's no guarantee Golden Boom is going to the Magic Millions Guineas, is there? No, no, definitely not. No, it's his first racing preparation. And, like you know, David, I don't like to get right to the bottom of horses. Particularly also, I think he's got a good bit of quality about him, which he clearly does. Mm. I don't want to empty him out this prep. I want to put him away with something left in the tank. So whether that's next Monday or whether it's a couple of Mondays' time, I don't know. But, yeah, there's certainly no guarantee if you're on in the early markets. I would be waiting until you hear the, the get-go from us. Is that the same story with Antino, Tony? That'll be it for him this prep? Yeah, well, it's only third run, Antino. I, I, I would, I think I could get another one if I wanted to. It was an awfully hard run yesterday. But I'll talk to the connections and Craig Roundfell represents them and I'll have a chat to him early in the week and have a bit of a plan. I do think he's a, he's a, a feature race winner in the making. I think that was evident yesterday. Um, yeah. So it's just a matter of which way I go with him. You know, how do you won yesterday? I know exactly where I was going with him, but <laughs> <laughs> in defeat, it makes things a little bit trickier. So we'll, ju- we'll just see what I, what I think about him going forward. Good on you, mate. Always appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was a great day yesterday for the team. There is Tony Gollan joining us this morning. I know I keep saying this, but uh, this season, Metropolitan-wise, he's batting well above even his own uh, standard. 54 Metro winners, so we're at, what, nearly five... We're not even halfway not, through the not season. Not five months yet, yeah. How many winners do you think he trained last year in the Metro season? 90. Mm. So surely he's going to eclipse that figure. I know, have you I, done this to him previously, though? Yeah, I have, yes. But, <laughs> but I'd like to find figures from previous years. I can't access that. Can you do that? I know who wins the premierships, but the... So you'd like to know where he was at the same stage last year? No, I'd like to know the most amount of winners he's trained. I suppose I could have asked him then. I'll ring him Most Metro winners, or...? Most, I'd like to know how, what the most amount of Metro winners he had in I'll one get, of his premierships. I'll get that for you before the end of the show. We'll take a break. Back in a moment. You're listening to Radio Tab's Pass the Post with David Fowler and Nathan Exelby. Welcome back to Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Don't forget the website, archerparkracing.com.au. 
103 was the first time he got the Metro Century. Or the second, 2021, he got 103, but the previous year he was 108 and a half. Um, Nineteen twenty. That's his biggest haul, one hundred eight and a half. But in twenty twenty one, he trained the most. When he trained one hundred and seventy one winners in total, sixteen hundred and seventy six. Well, I think he'll wins. eclipse his own metro right. um, record. So, recap in six months and see how much you put the mock on him. <laughs> I won't put the mock on anyone. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to uh, Sydney Royal Rabbit, the Ingham, formerly the Villiers. Big field, twenty runners, seven dollars fifty. The field, Riadini was the favourite. It's Wild Planet being tested by Riadini and Riadini moved up on the outside and puts the head in front. Dash run third from Kerwin's Lane then Sir Dancer. New Mandate's going back towards the inside. Lions roar into the clear from Atishu and Aromeo. It's Riadini, Wild Planet then came Kerwin's Lane from New Mandate. Wide out Lions Roar's running home well. Kerwin's Lane got to the front from Lions Roar. Kerwin's Lane clings on. Kerwin's Lane won the Gingham just from Lions Roar has gone huge today. Atishu third and Sky Lab absolutely flying at the end. Then came Riadini, Wild Planet, New Mandate. Further back to Aramea from Wethor, Bartholomew, Deer, Sunshine Rising. Further back then to Burdebeck, Polly, Grey, Spirit Ridge, Dazram, Surf Dance, Along Valour, Brutality and Sky Man. Yes, a big feel, but a great result for John O'Shea, not only training the winner... Kerwin's Lane providing the Quinella with Lions Raw running second. Yeah, he wound back the clock a little bit, Ryan Lions Raw, didn't he? He was a Group 1 winner over the Randwick Mile as a three-year-old. Um, pretty evenly matched race, wasn't it? We saw Kerwin's Lane up here during our carnival. I think he ran in the Wayne Wilson, ran a place in that race, but loves the mile and by winning yesterday earns uh, an automatic entry into the Doncaster during the championships. The other feature race outside of Queensland yesterday was, of course, in Perth. The Gull Rush is the replay. Who strikes the gold at the 350? Massimo headed for the judge. The big mare Carly's Karma second. The astrologist now comes on. Comfort me down the outside. Getting up on the inside. Valana Red Can Man and Kiss on all four cheeks is digging in. Further back this will test you. The astrologist hit the front. Comfort me the danger. The astrologist and now here comes Kiss on all four cheeks. She's diving. I don't know if she made it. I think the astrologist might have just clinched it. Maybe it's the astrologist. Possibly the astrologist. Astrologist has hit pay dirt from Kiss on all four cheeks in the gold rush. Behind them, a breath away. Comfort me. And also Red Can Man. Then Hod Zed Minsk moment behind the Massimo Titan Blinders. Resort Man back in the field. Then Kementari Elite Street Valana. Then came this will test your stage man. Bo Rosser well back. And she dropped out Carly's karma from the home turn as we wait for the placing. Yes, the astrologist uh, just getting there. Um... Willie Pike, of course, right. He's had a fairly quiet run in the feature race department, but it all came to uh, came to fruition yesterday. Yeah, it did. He was able to get the perfect run. He'd been to fourteen hundred metre early on in his life, but the last you know couple of years he'd never been beyond twelve hundred metres. So it's clearly the tempo suited a lot better yesterday, fourteen hundred, than it did in the uh, the winter bottom. Another graduate out of the Magic Millions to win a big race. That was the astrologist yesterday. Well, that completes our look back at racing around Australia yesterday afternoon. Let's turn our attention now to this big international meeting at Sha Tin in Hong Kong today. Michael Maxworthy takes a uh, very close or pays close attention to the Hong Kong form. We hope he does because he's here to provide some winners. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, fellas. Yeah, I love this meeting. The Longjean Hong Kong International Races, perfectly placed at this time of the year. Not necessarily for Australian horses to go there because we've got carnivals pretty much every month of the year. But 
Uh, for other parts of the world, um, they usually uh, arrive in Hong Kong. They call them the end-of-year championships, and we've got four great international contests today, the Clash of Golden 60 and California Spangle in the Mile, and the 2,000-metre cup, um, we've got Romantic Warrior, the local horse there, that's won eight of nine, James McDonald riding him, but... Uh, these Japanese horses could be the fly in the ointment. Panther Lassa with his Bow Road style of running and Jack Dorr for Yutaka Take, who has suggested that he might take Panther Lassa on for the lead. So it could be uh, fireworks in the early part of that cup today. Well, that's a, a broad brush of the, the four big ones. Let's uh, drill down and try and find some winners. Let's go to the first of these big races, the Vars. It's race four over the 2,400 metres. What are your selections here? I've gone with number 10, Stone Age, from number three, Glory Vars. Stone Age uh, for Ryan Moore and Aidan O'Brien. And I, I love looking at horses that come through the Breeders' Cup turf. And there's a good history here in Hong Kong of those horses that have come here and performed really well. And, and this Stone Age, the three-year-old has done that. He's finished second in the Breeders' Cup turf. Aidan O'Brien won this race with a three-year-old like Stone Age two years ago called Mogul. He ran fifth in the Breeders' Cup turf. So, and I loved his gallop on Friday on the all-weather track. It was a winning gallop. We'll go with him over Glory Vars. He's the star. He's seven years of age. He's won this race twice. Marrera rides him today. His work during the week has been very good. And I thought his kick over last start sixth in the Sapporo canoe was quite good. A little too short for him, but he was working to the line nicely behind Jack Dorr. So we're going Stone Age, Glory Vars, then one and nine. 10-3, 1 and 9. Give us your thoughts on the sprint race 5. Well, it's basically Hong Kong versus Japan here. And uh, Lucky Swain S is the hot favourite, $2.10. But I'm going for the Japanese runner, number 3, Gendarme. Now, I know he's, he's, um, he's getting on, but his peak performance was last start in the sprinter's stakes. And again, there's, uh, there's form lines at these international meetings if you race well in the sprinter's stakes, you race well in this race, and he won it from a good draw. Um, and I think he probably goes and sits up outside of sight success, which is possibly the leader. Now, Gendarme for Damien Lane is at $33 at the moment on the Hong Kong tote. Lucky Swain S is $2.10. I think they'll find it out. I'm going with the big prize Gendarme, number three, to be for Lucky Swain S. 14, Resistencia. She was excellent in this race last year, running second. And then one, Wellington. He's the top sprinter in Hong Kong. Uh, Three-time Group 1 winner, but he has had some lameness issues behind on a couple of occasions. 3, 4, 14 and 1. 3, 4, 14 and 1. The Milers race 7. Uh, Golden 60 or California Spangle? Well, Golden 60 is $1.50. California Spangle, 3.4. Look... Eh, only bad luck will beat Golden 60. Now, in a dress rehearsal three weeks ago here, Golden 60 ran down California Spangle, only got up by a head, so there's not much between them. But the point here with Golden 60 is that he's drawn a beautiful gate where Vincent can pop him into a one-off position around about midfield, um, and luck should go his way. So I'm giving him an edge, only a slight edge, though, over California Spangle. Um, others for the minors, four, Schnell Meister, and also number 10, Dan on Scorpion, one, two, four, ten. One, two, four, ten, and the Cuppers, race eight. Wow, what a race we've got here. Um, we've, we've touched on this at the outset with romantic warrior James McDonald currently at $2. Uh, look, there's a, 
a little bit of an issue here in that he was first up after seven months over 2,000 metres, and he had a bit of a tough first up run, so I think that price is awful, the $2 about him. I'd much prefer the $5.90 on offer now about Pantalassa. He runs like Bow Road, and he was beaten a whisker after leading by 15. I don't think that's going to happen today. He might lead by two or three, but he led by 15 at Tokyo last start in the Tenno Show Autumn, one of their great races, and he was caught in the last couple of strides. Pantalassa on top of number three, Jack Dorr. Beautiful, flashy chestnut horse, big white face, four long socks. Uh, you won't miss him. And um, he's going to get the run right behind Panther Lassa. So I've got the Japanese fighting it out. Then Romantic Warrior and Torbion Diamond, old Eric the Eel. One, three, two, seven. One, three, two, and seven. They're the four big ones. Is there any other race today that's really attracted your attention or you've got the confidence level up that we can have a punt on? Well, there's, there's a couple that I really like today. And, you know, the local traders call this day show-off day uh, because they they start potential, you know, stars of racing in Hong Kong. And we might see that in race number three today. It's only a class three level, but Victor the winner is a favourite of mine. And also Dragon's Luck. Uh, Dragon's Luck was super winning from an outside gate last time leading. And Victor the winner, James McDonald rode him and he, he ran an amazing first split but still won. Um, and I'm just hoping these two that are drawn out wide can come across together, control the tempo, and fight it out. I'm really keen on Victor, the winner, number four, to beat 14 Dragons Luck. And Hugh Bowman's riding one that's going to get the gun run called Lord Thunder. So one, four, 14 there. Of the others, um, go to race number nine. Now, Bonza Perla lines up here. She's been going well, but I think she'll wait for another day. The horse that I like here is number 10, Golden Express. Zach Purton riding, currently $2.70, formerly known as Golf of Venice. Mm. Now, he just failed to catch Victor the winner last start. He was stiff. He probably should have won it. Uh, John Size has put him straight to 1,400 metres today. I think he's the best bet. Uh, 9-10 Golden Express. And David, in the last race, 10, it's like a Melbourne Cup market here, about $6 the field, tough race. But I'm going with Marrera on number 10, Beauty Live. Maria has won three races on this fellow. Back on him today. He's got no weight on his back and he positions beautifully. So around about $7 at the moment. If that holds up, I think he's a good each way bet. That's race 10, Shah 10, number 10, Beauty Live. I don't know how much money we're going to have after this meeting. I just can't. I, I won't be able to concentrate all day. <laughs> good luck. All right. Thank you, fellas. Have good, a good day. Good luck. There he is, Michael Maxworthy. Nathan, thanks for your time this thank morning. Thank you, David. And, folks, thanks for your company. As always, look forward to being with you tomorrow on Press Room. Have a good day. Bye-bye.